Hey, what's up? It's Hurricane Dave. Thank you for checking out this podcast. This podcast today, I'm going to talk about the term urban music and why we should not be talking about getting rid of it at any record labels. This podcast is being brought to you by adamenow.com. That's adamenow.com. ADA stands for Americans with Disabilities Association. If you have a website and it is not in ADA compliance, you could have a problem. Check out adamenow.com. Now let's get right to it. The term urban music is being eliminated at one of the major labels. And I'll just tell you, you may have seen it. It's Republic Records. This is not to talk bad or speak bad about Republic Records because I have friends over there and I'm sure what they're trying to do in this time where the world is recognizing how racist society has been toward African-Americans, they're trying to make a statement. And I get that. This idea actually was brought up by some African-American executives who during our current climate of being really conscious is like, you know what? We don't want titles. We don't, we don't want to be limited to just urban music. Urban music is bigger than urban music. I understand how it came about, but getting rid of that term is, is crazy to me. And let me just say this before I move forward. These views and opinions that I'm expressing are solely mine. They have nothing to do with any company that I work with or any radio stations that I consult with or any business partners that I have business arrangements with, business deals. So I have a couple different entities. But these are my opinions and no one else's. Now here's the scary part. If you get rid of the urban music title and you don't replace it with something else, I really believe that's the first crack into a crack that will be widened and widened until we have a gap. And that gap represents the dismantling of the urban music departments down the road. Now, you might be saying, Dave, that's a little that's a little uh, dramatic. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to happen right away. And it certainly is not the intention of Republic Records to dismantle their urban division. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying what it could lead to down the road and not immediately, because again, we're living in a very conscious world right now, a world where something happened the other day that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. And that is the Confederate flag is now banned from all NASCAR racing events. I put that up there with the same level that I never thought I would live to see a black president. When NASCAR announced that, this is really happening, the murder and I do mean the murder of George Floyd, literally is changing the world. His life meant something. The movement by his death is affecting the whole world. I've seen more white brothers and sisters at marches, more companies saying they're not gonna do business with, with organizations that may be racist. A revolution is happening because of his death. And Lord knows that image of that sick racist cop leaning on his neck will forever be entrenched in my mind. So I'm saying all that to kind of give a little background to the, I understand why the African American executives, the young millennials say, hey, we, you know, why do we have urban music? You know, we, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't have barriers. I understand why you're saying that right now, but I would ask you, do your research. Do some research on what you're talking about. The reason why you're in that conference room, the reason why you're in the room in the first place is because of the black music department or the urban music department. 
you may not realize you ain't just gonna lallygag on up in there and get yourself a seat at the table. The table had to be prepared for you to enjoy the liberties of what you're talking about getting rid of. That's the crazy part to me. You wouldn't even have a job at the label if it wasn't for an urban music department. The same department that you're giving permission to put the crack in the wall that could eliminate the urban music departments and a lot of different record labels. I need you to do some research. I need you to Google Clarence Avon. I need you to watch his story on Netflix. I need you to do some research, not just know the name of Barry Gordy, but do some research on him and the Motown story. I need you to do some research on how back in the day, many, 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 many years ago, when we had wildly popular black music and those artists couldn't even have their face on their label of the albums that were being sold. Because an executive that didn't look like them said, you know what, now we're not gonna put your face on here because we're trying to sell a lot of records. So let's just put a bunch of white kids on there. Or let's put a white face on there in general. You think that would be allowed to happen today? Well, there were steps, okay, that were taken to move forward where black executives could rise in the ranks in a black music department and say, no, that could never happen. You're talking about dismantling some of that. Now, obviously, that day has gone and it'll never happen again because most artists have creative control over everything now. I remember back in the day when the labels used to say, hey, artists, I need you here, 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 and there. And the artists would do it. They had A&R departments. Now there's no A&R departments, really. No, there's nobody developing these artists. It's like, yo, who's hot right now? Let's get them and let's plaster it everywhere and let's see if we get a hit. We do that 10 times, we might have eight where we're making a lot of money with five. But I digress. I don't want to get off track. But I want you to understand those privileges that are going on right now are because somebody said, hey, our music is pretty good and we're really generating a lot of revenue and we really should have somebody in control of what we're doing that looks like us. Let's talk about the term urban in general because before then it was black music. They had black music departments. And I remember uh, Lamont Bowles, he had Epic Black. Some of you might not remember that. He changed the whole black music to just epic black that didn't last very long. He was a bold individual with his blackness. Now we know that most people can't really deal with the term black. I think that's why a lot of people don't wanna say black lives matter, but black lives do matter. But if you've been in the game as long as I've been in the game, you remember there was a no urban dictate. They didn't wanna buy black radio. And I believe Frankie Crocker actually coined the term urban. It became more sophisticated, more sleek, more sexy than saying black. And the advertisers went for it because the advertisers, they didn't wanna buy black radio, but they were okay with buying something called urban music, urban radio, urban adult contemporary, urban AC. Now, let me talk about these charts real quick. 
because it, it all kind of goes hand in hand. I know there's been some conversation going on for about a year about renaming some of the charts from mainstream urban to hip hop and R&B and then the older chart from urban AC to just R&B. Let me just address that. I think that's a good idea. And I'll tell you why, because a lot of times some of these artists have aged out of mainstream, but they have some really great records, but they don't want their product. And these artists are in control. They don't want their product on the urban AC chart because urban AC equals old, basically a 25 to 54 year old audience. And so they don't they're so cool because they're still young. They fail to realize that urban AC radio stations are about 10 years younger now on average, maybe even more. So that's not an old fuddy-duddy format. So it does make sense to me that we just call it R&B. I get that. To me, that makes sense. And these artists that have great music that don't want to be on an urban AC chart, they would run to be on an R&B chart. That I get. I totally get that. Now, the main chart would be hip-hop and R&B, but guess what? Guess who already works hip-hop and R&B? The pop guys. That's right, because our music is so widely popular. Now, I'm coming back around to this connection. I hope you're following the breadcrumbs that I'm that I'm leading to. So you got hip-hop and R&B. You got an R&B chart, right? Hip-hop and R&B is popular music. It's been popular music for years. They have a white staff already working popular music, right? So if we get rid of the term urban in there, it's just the hip-hop and R&B. Who you think in the long run is going to be working those records. Hopefully a light bulb just went off, bing. Exactly. So you're taking a very risky chance down the road. Again, I'm not saying that the intention of the good folks over at Republic, great relationships with those guys, I know how you mean that. I know you don't mean it in a bad way for dismantling down the road. But some other labels, at the end of the day, it's only business. If you have hip hop and R&B as a genre and you already have a staff working hip hop and R&B, do you need two staffs working hip hop and R&B? Again, it's so simple to see it's just business. And maybe some African-Americans will make the cut. Maybe some African-Americans will be able to go into the rhythmic stations and the top 40 stations and work the product. Maybe a few, but the vast majority will be thrown out the door down the road simply because a couple of millennial executives said, we don't need the term urban. We don't need barriers. We don't need those barriers that help me get in the door. I want you to think about the crack two and a half years down the road when these great presidents and vice presidents and senior vice presidents of the urban music division say, hey, I'm good. It's time for me to go chill out on the beach. They will not replace that position. And it will only be business simply because a couple of millennials were sitting around the conference room, caught up in this whole worldwide change and said, we don't need urban. We don't need to be called urban. 
You know, we don't, we don't need that. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that long and hard. And I hope any label executives that may find this podcast, I want you to think about the cracks that you would be opening down the road that's going to be the dismantling of the urban music departments at your labels. I hope that you fight it. I'm very passionate about it because I've given the majority of my entire life to the music business, mostly on the radio side. And I have a lot of friends that are working, professionals, that have families. I'm thinking about them. And I have seen on a couple of different blogs, people commenting on it, but they don't say their name. Why don't you say your name? Be bold. God got you. And if you're telling the truth anyway, it shouldn't matter what company you work for. Speak your piece. It's easy to say something and not say your name. Anyway, that's my thoughts on eliminating the term urban. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. If you enjoyed what I said, or if you agree with what I said, if you want to make a contribution, you can do that at Hurricane Dave Podcast. Please check out adamenow.com. That's adamenow.com. That's who's sponsoring this podcast today. I hope that you have an amazing day. And I hope at the bare minimum, this was thought provoking about what's going to happen down the road if we eliminate urban music. You can say goodbye to the urban music departments and goodbye to a lot of jobs and professionals. Not immediately. Not when everybody's watching, when no one's watching, quietly dismantling our history. Don't let that happen. Have a great day, everybody, and God bless.